0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Warning Track. An exciting day. Baseball's back in East Lansing, despite it seeming like it's winter. Not, not really a good day for uh, opening day baseball, would you say, Mike?
1: Yeah, it was rough. A very ugly game. You got, you had the the rain falling down, the gray skies, high winds. Just, it's not a pretty sight. Kind of
0: ugly in terms of play too. A lot of errors. A lot of, a lot of slip ups. But.
1: We'll get into that soon enough. It's a beautiful sight. Baseball's back.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. I, it felt so good walking into that stadium, seeing the diamond. I don't know. I kind of just admired it. I got there a little early just to walk around. I know I'm weird. Um, as excited as we are to talk about that Central Michigan game, we both just witnessed. We, Me and Michael both literally just came back from the game to record this podcast. That's how dedicated we are to you, our listeners. Um, but we're going to start. They were still in Tampa, where I wish I was right now. They played at University of Southern Florida, the Bulls. Um, and so we're just going to run through. We're going to start with game one here. Um, so they did take on Phoenix Sanders. Uh, we mentioned him in our last show. He's a stud pitcher for, for the Bulls, and they had a phenomenal game. They they wrecked them. The final score is 11-1 for those of you that don't know. Um, they made them let up five earned, eight total runs on 11 hits. Um, and this is what I wanted to see from the team. They were tested, and they produced. I do want to point out uh, opposing... ERA is still 6.41 against the Spartans, so let's not get too excited about the hitting. hitting. But the fact is, they played a really good pitcher, uh, and they did well. What do you think, Michael?
1: Yeah, it was great. We talked about it last time. Phoenix Sanders was is you know very talented pitcher, pitcher, and he's he's really you know their ace there for Southern Florida. And we weren't really sure how the Spartans were going to work out against going on a hard nose, you know, tough ace. And they really took it to him, and it was a great performance by the lineup. You had contributions all around and you know really one of those special games that we had in the first couple weeks of the season the first couple weekends where you just had contributions all around the board
0: yeah and it was another case of one big inning you know we've been talking about it all year where they're just going to scrap up a lot of runs um in the fifth inning of that game the Spartans did push across five runs um and a lot of this was due to some maybe awful awful defense really actually there was three throwing errors a passed ball and hit by pitch, um, but there still was five hits. And the fact of the matter is, and actually we got a chance to talk to Jake Boss Jr. after the game. Uh, this is what this team does, and this is what we're kind of seeing. They are going to put the ball in play. They're going to be aggressive on the base bats. and they're going to they're going to scare you. You know, they're going to threaten you. They're going to, like I said, they're going to be aggressive. And just getting that ball in the play, you're going to be forcing those errors, and you're going to be sliding hard and stuff like that. And that's what, no matter how these runs are coming across, that's still five runs in one inning. Um, you know, and that goes a lot with strikeout a lot with strikeout percentage. This team does not strike out a lot, which is a really, I think, not even underrated. I think it's a it's a great stat And only on eighteen point three percent of at bats this team is striking out. Uh to put that into comparison, we're always making tossing around those those Royals comparison like fools. You know, it's tough to compare a college team to the World Series champions. But the Royals in their World Series season Only strike out on seventeen point five percent of at bats, so and that that's a team that lives off putting the ball in play, and you know that's what Boss Jr. commented on. Get the ball in play, good things will happen. Anything else you'd like to add to this game, Michael? Before we move on.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I just want to go back to your point. Yeah, the contact is really a phenomenal part of their lineup, and they're not a they're not a huge power threat where you know one day they're on getting three home runs in the game, and then the next day they're off. They're they're just the consistency that they have in their lineup, where you know any guy can come in and pick up for another guy who's on a slump and you know the hits just really come all along the board. And I definitely want to talk about Cam View. He he dominated oh, yeah. to, in this game. This was the first game we we still have been waiting for him to pitch that gem, you know, that game where he really just goes deep deep into the game, you know, doesn't give up any runs, and that's what the Tigers saw in him when they drafted him oh, in the yeah. draft, and he elected to stay, and he really hasn't had that standout start so far, and he definitely had it. He pitched eight strong, four hits, no earned, and, you know, just one unearned run, and we'll talk about that later. The defense was, you know, struggling there yet again. But um, he pitched a lot. He pitched 114 pitches. And, yeah, it seems a lot. You know, a that's, lot. A really, that, that's a really, that's a huge, you know, eight innings. That's still a high pitch count to have for, so deep in the game. What do you think about that? That's just, that's just really the first time we've seen a pitcher My throw that much. My thing is,
0: and we commented on this last show, Boss Jr. is going into that bullpen whether he needs to or not. And Cam, being the best pitcher on this team, he hasn't been able to go really deep in games. He's pitching around six innings each game. But I think it was good for him. I think it was good for him to go eight in a nice, warm state. And uh, I think that's how he's going to be going, maybe going forward. But uh, we're going to move on to game two on that note. actually one. Actually, no, we're going to move on to game two. I, I tricked you. So, we're going to move on to ga- game two. Um, they faced a very middle of the road pitcher and got shut out. Uh, Lawson, the pitcher for USF, allowed five hits and t- two walks. Um, not really, not a whole lot of base runners, but we, you know, the Spartans did not score any runs. Um, then came in that closer, Tommy Evild, I uh, mentioned last week as well, and he shut the door. Uh, a shutout, never good. And, like I said, this is the inconsistency with the bats. This is where it worries me where it's yeah, it's fun to have these hit parades, and we're gonna score ten runs whoop de do and uh we're gonna get shut out by like I said, a very middle of the road of the pitcher. What do you think about that
1: yeah that was, that was tough and it it was unbelievable to see how they just really lit it up against one of the best pitchers down south and and then they come back you know the next game and really just flop on on an average pitcher and it's really it's really tough to see how. You know, the inconsistency, and like you said, it can be a problem. Do you, do you think that this can be a problem Absolutely, for the team Absolutely, and year? I
0: saw it today, and I'm just going to point out in this game, uh, the second inning when they got a guy in scoring pers- scoring position, he was stranded. Third inning, they were caught stealing. Uh, that was Simonton, by the way, he was caught stealing. He, that was his third time. They're 22 of 35 on the base path, which really isn't a, that good of a stealing percentage. Um, you know, fifth, they had two guys on, and then went back-to-back strikeouts. And I even noticed today... You know, Central, once they went to their bullpen, they shut the door on them. And it was a lot of wasted at bats and guys being left on base. And, you know, like I pointed out here in this game, there's a lot of guys left on. There's a lot of guys in scoring position. And when you have back to back strikeouts, nothing is happening. And this is almost, I want to say, the offense we were supposed to see, uh, what was expected, what Jake Boss Jr. even expected. And, you know, and it's these bad days that worry me for this team going forward. Um, I will point out moving into the positives though, Dan Durkin does continue to hit. He went, he went two for four in a bad game where no one was hitting. He still went two for four. That moves him up over 400. Him and Zimmerman are both over 400, which is incredible to have that.
1: Um,
0: another, another thing I noticed was the position changes and, uh, that's actually going to be a rapid fire question later. So we'll, we'll stay away from that for now.
1: Yeah, and just just to say quick, Zimmerman got a hit in that game, too. He was just one for four. But he did get that hit, so it's just fantastic to see him. Yeah, but how do you think about the co-
0: pitching that game? Because, I mean, 2-0 shutout, that, you know, pitching pretty much did its job. When You know, you can't win if you can't score, so what do you say to that?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was it was great to see Ethan Landon come out and deliver a strong start. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he went six and a third, four hits, two runs, and five strikeouts. And he he's really... You know, it was like Borkovich and Cam were really, you know, delivering, and Landon was just, you know, hanging around and, and still a, trying to transition. A, as a that a tough first start. Right, right, uh, the transfer from Kansas State. And it looks like he's finally getting into his groove and transitioning well. And, um, you know, he's pitched six or more innings in, la- in each of the last three starts. And, you know, he's doing a great job, and he's fitting into the rotation, and they're really developing a strong, you know, three-man, you know, punch-out rotation for the weekends.
0: Yeah, it's, it's good. And I'll also point out, you mentioned he's had uh, 16 or more in the last three starts. He's also had five or more strikeouts in the last three starts. And, of course, Dakota Mech uh, just absolutely shining as a bullpen. And, you know, the bullpen middle reliever is not really a position that gets much love. He's pitched 17.2 innings, but he has 32 strikeouts. He's almost averaging two strikeouts an inning while he's out there. This, this You know, we saw this kid pitch today. Uh, he just makes kids look silly out there. They're swinging and missing. And so just a little love for him right there. Dakota Mekis um, we came talk, in and kept the team in it.
1: Yeah, we've talked about him before. You know, he's he's really developed into that you know first arm out of the pen guy. You know, he's the de- dependable one that can either come in in a tight situation that where you got to pull out your starter, or you know he'll just come in in relief in any situation, and he's gonna deliver. And you know, we weren't really sure what was gonna happen after um, after you know Alex Troop's injury, so. Yeah. You know, Meckes came in and really, really delivered.
0: Yeah, and he has been all year. And, you know, maybe and maybe this is just a bad day for the team. You get shut out. Sometimes it's reality. You, you even pointed out the last show, it's hard to win three of three against anyone when you're playing that same team three days in a row. Um, and so that'll move us into game three, which the Spartans also lost seven to five, which isn't as bad, especially the circumstances that happened. Walter Borkovich got lit up. There's no getting around that. Um, there's, like I said, there's no better way to put that. Uh, but the Spartans didn't really quit after that, which is good. The bullpen came in and gave some strong, zin- strong innings. Keegan Barr was able to come in for long relief. Um, really only got roughed up a little in the fourth inning. Um, and that's and that's home runs. They got The team got smacked with home runs. Barr led up a home run. Porkovich led up three home runs. And that's just a case of a power team getting to you, getting to your pitchers. Um, but the fact that the rest of the bullpen was able to go in and shut the door and kind of keep the team in it. The bats came alive a little and five runs just wasn't enough to do it. Um, but that's the attitude we needed. I pointed out this before. This is so important. You know, it's the I got your back factor. What else did you see in game three?
1: Yeah, well the bullpen has really been the, the shining light of this team that has really been so dependable Underrated. And, and it was and it was tough because, you know, Borkovich only pitched, you know, one inning and he gave up five and so they had to look to the bullpen, you know, for the rest of the game. That's really tough to do. And then, you know, as you said, Keegan Barr came in and pitched three strong innings and then um, you know, Mockby came came in and had you know, good work too. So it's good to see Mockby be do some good work, yeah, and we'll we talk about that later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and uh, you know, game three, it was tough. It was it was great to see that, you know, the 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 bats came back. You know, with all the homers that the pitching let up, it was just it was great to see that. Uh, you know, he didn't allow a home run, and you know that really hasn't been a problem for MSU this season is giving up home runs. And, yeah, it really. You hasn't. know, Cam let up has let up a couple early in the year, but you know also. You know, Borkovic is having such a strong season so far that you know I'm really not worried about him. It was a really, really bad start, but you know these happen sometimes. You know, you see it from the pros. Um, You know, he's dominated the year, only allowing two runs in his first three games, and so you know we he's he's hit a rough skid lately. You know, 16 hits and nine runs over his last last six innings, and you know that's tough. But uh, and you know he is still. He still might be struggling with that transition from the bullpen into the starting role, and yeah, uh, we talked about it in our season preview. You know, that's a difficult transition to make, but um, you know, he. I'm not too worried about him. You know, I I was a little worried about b, You know, he was really struggling, and uh, you know, I'm not worried about Borkovich. I think he'll be just fine.
0: I mean, those are bad numbers: 16 hits, nine runs, and six innings. That's, that's dreadful. You know, over the last two games, it's a 180 shift, like you said, from what we saw early in the year, and I think getting him back to ace form is going to be crucial but uh we're going to move into that central game we don't really uh, you know let's just we were both there we both just got back from it what what did you see there what what are your thoughts on this game
1: well I mean it's tough to really judge the team on how they're really going to play for the rest of the time in East Lansing because it was an ugly game like we talked (laughs) about and the the conditions were really making an impact on the game and it forced seven errors in total you know five to central two to MSU and um, you know, you you really saw the impact that it had on the field when, you know, the uh, Central Michigan catcher um, Evan Crad, you know, he committed I think three errors on you know throwing errors when the Spartans would steal a base. You know, but, he overthrew his man you know three times, and you know just you know it's tough to grip the ball in this situation. You also got
0: to add though, not just rain though, but that's that's aggressive. If they're we're constantly running on them, and he's always thinking that and the pickoffs are going back and forth, and, you know, it's at the back of his mind. We can run at any second. I think that puts pressure on that catcher, and I think that also has to do with the error. Like you said, rain is a huge factor this, but, you know, I think that aggressiveness is going to be really, really cl- key to seeing us win.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, they got steals all around the board. You know, uh, Bikina got one. You know, Durkin got one. Zimmerman got two, which is great to see. And so, yeah, that's a that's a really surprising part about this team is that they've really been a huge threat on the base pass and it causes problems for the pitcher. You know, there was another moment I, uh, right when uh, McNamara, the central reliever came in before he started mowing guys down, you know, four and two thirds, uh, no runs, just two hits at the beginning though. He committed a throwing error by, you know, turning around and trying to pick off the base runner at second. And it, it was, he overthrew him. So, um, you know, the definitely the, the threat on the base pla- paths is causing a difference in the game,
0: yeah. And that's you know, the Spartan what is it? They had one earned run of four. Uh, they're scoring in an unconventional way, you're not scoring with a double, then a double, or whatever you may be, or home runs. Uh, this team, like I said, is it's through aggressiveness and it's through getting in that pitcher's head and just getting on base and making things happen. It, it starts with just getting on base, whether it be a walk, an infield single. I mean, there was instances the the grass was just so wet the ball would just die, um, and they were able they were able to beat out infield singles. You know, there was only five hits in this game, and Central Michigan actually out hit the Spartans. Um, and you, like you said, McNamara shut the door. You know, this is not a Central team known for pitching, and that that could be a little worrisome.
1: And another thing is that McNamara. Even with this game taking into account, you know, four and two-thirds and no runs, he still has an ERA of just about six. Yeah, you know so that's yeah, he's really not shocking. supposed to be a good pitcher. And so, you know, like we talked about, the inconsistency with the bats, you know, that can become a problem. And, you know, just five hits today, you know, two from Zimmerman, one from Bikina, uh, one from Taylor Grace, and one from uh, Matt Byers. You know, that's, that's all we had today. So th- it was tough to see and that. Yeah, and
0: you and I were even saying the game was – was going at a very slow pace because of these long innings. Guys were getting on base. They were creating opportunities. And then it just cruised, man. It 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 flew by there that those the second half of the game, and that's because of quick innings and quick at bats and what Jake
1: Boss Jr. said wasted at bats almost.
0: You know, getting guys on and grounding out, double plays.
1: I guarantee you the last four innings were only about, you know, forty five. Yeah, minutes it was a quick game so. and it was
0: it was because quick innings. They were going down one, two, three and you know, this team really stopped hitting it. it's could be a number of things. It could be the. it was so cold out there. I can't convey it to our listeners. It was actually so cold. We went out for the postgame interview, and uh, I was freezing. Maybe I'm a little California baby, but still.
1: No, um, I agree with you. Yeah, my I was, my was, hands were turning a little orange. It was
0: cold. So maybe the bats literally froze. And so it, it's cold. It's tough to play in those conditions. Um, but at the same time, Mockby said he had no problem coming out of the bullpen and getting loose and keeping warm. So they're wearing parkas out there. So. You know, I, I, I don't know. It's the the bats straight up died and you got shut down by a central Michigan bullpen. Um, what does that mean going forward? I you know, I don't know. You're gonna face a Rutgers team and that we're gonna to talk about in just a minute here. Well that I think, has pretty decent pitching. Yeah,
1: and I think you know, we can really make a solid judgment on the team once they really get in the mid season yeah, form, the the weather starts agreed. going, you know, at home and they really get into the their heart of their april schedule. That's when we're, you know, our third podcast is a, in april. Is really when we're going to be able to determine where this team is at That's because, fair. you know, they're they're traveling to the south, you know, this isn't where they right. they like to play and, you know, now they they played their first home game. So, the 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 team, you know, it can be a little—they can be a little shaky right now. They—they they have that, and they've had such a great season. You know, they were off to their best start in school history at fourteen and one, and they're at five, fifteen and three right now. So they're playing really great baseball. And we're talking a lot about the negatives, but I know you know they're—they're, they're, and that's what we got to do. We get—we got to critique the team a bit, but you know they're playing really great baseball right now, and they're looking for their first Big Ten championship since two thousand eleven, and yeah. you know they're—they're they're looking to make great things in a state where you know, Michigan, baseball's you know, right down the road, here. baseball's not known here, but Michigan right down the road Dominates. is still dominating also. And, you know, so there are two powerhouses here in Michigan. So uh, give give credit to the Spartans. They got the win and they have a, you know, series this weekend at Rutgers that Absolutely. we'll talk about.
0: You know, 15 and three speaks for itself. So you're right. We need to pick out the positives because they, they are doing so many things. Well, I think it was uh, seeing that first game before my eyes was not a pretty one. And I guess it left a sour taste in my mouth. But we're going to move into rapid-fire questions with that. Uh, Michael, do you want to start with asking me a question?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, Which pitcher are you looking forward to to seeing the most this weekend?
0: I'm sure everyone expects me to say Cam View because he is the stud. But I look forward to seeing Walter Borkovich. He struggled, as Michael had mentioned earlier, over the past two starts. And uh, how is he going to adapt? Maybe pitching in in front of a home crowd is all he needs. Um, But I think that's what I'm looking forward to most, to seeing can he – he took a 180. Can he 180 back to ace form? Uh, here's a little silly question for you, Michael. But is it too early to start those Zimmerman National Player of the Year comments? He is. He's a top 50 batting average in the nation, so his eyes are on him.
1: Yeah, you know, it's, I don't think it's too early to... To have those comments floating around, I don't think I think it's too early to actually put him in the conversation and to start talking about it. It's real early in the year, but I think you can definitely start floating in his name in there. You know, he raised his average to 4.29 today, and uh, you know, once the stat heads you know calculate everything, it, it'll be. This is an unofficial stat, but it's likely that he'll be third in the Big Ten in batting average and up in the top 25 in the country. So that's you know, incredible. that's that's an that's an incredible. Uh, performance that Zimmerman has put on this year, and you know he just keeps keeps rolling. You know, his slugging percentage is high. You know, he draws walks. He's a he's a threat on the base pass, and he does it all. You well, know, he he really does it all. He's a fantastic player, and he he deserves to earn those comments. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what do you think is the reasoning behind the various position arrangements we've seen? You know, a lot of moves: Zimmerman going over to first, Bakina going over to left. What do you think?
0: Yeah, yeah, we see the Bikina in the left and Durkin of second base, and I think Durkin actually is traditionally an infielder. Um, that is interesting, especially because Zimmerman's a pretty good fielder, and you're putting him at first base. Um, I think this is just due to the errors. We're seeing a lot of errors, and we actually even saw Bakina uh, drop a drop a pop fly in the first inning, which led to this crazy double play. Um, actually, before we go, on, do you want to describe that play? This we saw the most bizarre thing, probably something we've never seen in our, our baseball careers. Um, there was one out. Man on first and second. What what happened there?
1: Yeah, well there was um, runners on first and second. And thir- yeah, but and I think third bases yeah. loaded. You're right. You're right. Bases loaded with one out, and there was a um, a line drive into left field, and it looked like Burkina, you know, reeled it in. He caught it, and then he he dropped it. It was a really weird situation because the runner on third, he then ran the home, so it looked like he crossed over to plate, but the runners on first and second thought it was caught, so they just stayed put. And the whole play was screwed up, so then Bikina threw it into the infield. They got the force out at third for the first out, and then the force out at second for the second out. So it ended the inning, and it was it was a huge break for Gonzalez to get out of the jam without giving up a run. But what do you think about that? That was crazy. Yeah, it
0: negated the run. I think that's the biggest part, because it was two force outs. Uh, just a weird thing in baseball, and that's why we love the sport. You see in different things every day. Um, but the back-to-the-position arrangements, I think that's— it's just, in fact, there's a lot of errors going on, um, especially with the freshmen, especially with Bikina. Um, and I think he's, you know, Coach Boss Jr. is just trying to get a different feel, see where guys are kind of meshing. Because like you said, we're not, the team's not in mid-season form yet. And I think this is just kind of all a part of that growing process on the route to the Big Ten Championship. But uh, I'll ask you a simple one now. Just the best thing you saw today.
1: Well, there were a lot of things. It was great to finally see baseball action here in East Lansing, but... I'm gonna have to go with Mockby. You know, we we mm-hmm. talked about him on the last podcast where he really struggled and he had a couple really bad outings. But you know, he came back strong. He came back over the weekend and got a, a strong save. And then he came in today to get his, uh, I believe, fifth save of the season. Fourth, and fourth, fourth save. save. Yeah. Um, and he came in for the eighth and ninth innings, and all six outs were strikeouts. You know, that's that's something you don't do. It's hard to strike out the side in an inning, mm-hmm. but he got six strikeouts for all six of his outs and. You know that was a that was a really good thing to see and uh you know he had a strong weekend too amidst all of the you know poor play from from the team all around in Florida so it was good to see him uh come alive and hopefully he can be that steady closer you know that we're we're expecting his role to be this season
0: all right and before we move on to the preview with Rutgers, we had a chance to talk to Andrew Gonzalez after the game, the starting pitcher of today's matchup against Sancho Michigan. Gonzalez was able to comment on what it was like to pitch in below freezing. The disadvantages of not being part of of the warm part of the country
2: and the new heated infield. How's the start today? Feel good to be back home, first start of the season? Yeah, definitely good to be back, good to be back in the home turf, so. but this is, this is Michigan weather.
1: It was a rocky start at the first couple innings. What kind of adjustments did you make throughout the game to try to settle down there? Um,
2: I think I just hit my groove. I think I got, you know, more UC elements. It stopped raining, but you know, the weather's really not, it's not an excuse. You gotta get out there and throw your best stuff every time, but, uh, does add a little bit of a little hair to it that's for sure.
0: How tough is it making the transition from Florida, South Carolina to ice-cold Michigan?
2: Uh, You know I think I grew up here so grew up in Michigan so I think that you know the weather doesn't it's not as nice to be uh, sweating before you get out there but you know I think this is this is Michigan weather this is what you prepare for this is you know we got long sleeves on so we're good to go.
0: So you grew up here and you're playing a bunch of kids from the south that probably grew up Georgia Florida all those what's the what's the difference you think or what do you just notice with them
2: um yeah I think they have a lot more time to prepare they uh they don't get they get out way more than we do uh in the north here and but I think we make the best the best of it you know we got the heated infield this year we got you know great facilities uh over at Duffy and over here in the IPF so um, I don't think they have that much of a leg up on us, but you know we, do, we make do with what we have.
1: You think that was a difference today with the heated infield? Like you, you noticed a difference?
2: Uh, I think it was it was good for our guys because we could get out. You know, sometimes in the winter after it melted out there, we got you know some live ground balls off the field. So I think that helped us with uh, some situations where the ball was wet or the ball was heavier than usual. I think I think that really helped us out.
0: And that was Andrew Gonzalez. Like I said, he started today before I assume Cam View. we'll start Friday against Rutgers who is 8 and 11 coming off a loss today to Ryder University. Um, we don't have the exact stats because like I said, we were waiting for those They just had a game. but they do have some solid batters that we can uh, the team can look out for. RJ Daviche, he's a 404 hitter. that's you know anytime you're over 400, that's nothing to complain about. and Chris Susick is 343 they and they both are RBI drivers. Um, another guy that struck out stuck out to me too is Tom Marsceeszek, um, although just not hit well, his average is below two thirty. He has three homers and 18 RBIs, and he's the leader um, in RBIs on the team. So clearly, just kind of a big bat, all or nothing kind of guy. One to look out for. Uh, homers happened a lot last game. Maybe he cranks another.
1: Right, and you know, also on pitching, you know, Rutgers has you know a pretty strong. Uh, you know, group of pitchers. Their team ERA is 408, which is, you know, brings them into the top 100 in the nation. So they're nothing to scoff at. And they have a pretty good uh, three-man rotation for the weekend with Howie Bray. He's pitching, you know, 327 ERA, 30 strikeouts. And you got Kyle Driscoll, you know, 365 ERA. And John O'Reilly, whose ERA is inflated to 476 on a, you know, a couple bad starts. And um, so they have a pretty a solid rotation and they also have a couple solid arms out of the pen, you know, Kevin Baxter and Christian Campbell are two solid relievers, both you know sub 2 guys. So, um, you know, this pitching isn't great, but it's solid and you know, we've really seen a mixed reaction, you know, to all sorts of pitching. You know, the the batting lineup still has a lot of questions, so mm-hmm. it'll be interesting the weekend to see um, you know, how they perform against this pitching and also how they perform in the cold. You know, it's going to be cold again yeah, in, it's East not be pretty here in East like Lansing like it was today. So, you know, the the bats weren't sharp today, and so we'll see if the weather can have an impact on today's series, this weekend series, excuse me, against Rutgers.
0: Absolutely. You know, like I said, maybe the bats froze today, and uh, hopefully they don't freeze this weekend because, like you said, they're paying, playing some pretty good pitchers, and two of those guys have uh, opponent batting average that are 262 and below uh, so that's never nothing to mess with, um, and you know it's you know in Rutgers, yeah, their record is eight and eleven. But this isn't a team that's taken the easy road. They've had a tough series against Miami, who's always at that. This is Miami, Florida, not Ohio, and uh, they were close in two of those games in the three-game series. They have they've played Old Dominion, where Justin Verlander went, and um, they've also played a tough FIU team. So this Rutgers team has really challenged itself and has still posted a pretty good ERA. I think it's going to be a good series. Um, as always, we recommend you to go out and check out some Spartan baseball. I hope it doesn't rain too much uh, so they can get some love. You know, you said there's there's been buzz around campus, but let's show that buzz and hopefully show up because this is a really good team, historic start. Um, but thanks for listening, guys. As always, I'm Zach Barnes with Michael Epps, and thank you for listening to Warning Track.